everyone, and welcome back to the Legal Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors. I'm Dana Spears. And I'm Jana Gardner. We have a short and sweet episode for you this month in honor of the busy holiday season. Everyone can feel a little overwhelmed and overworked at the end of the year. Maybe you've even considered hiring someone to help you out when things get busy. That's why we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts of hiring and working with an unlicensed assistant. There are a lot of things to keep in mind, so let's get started. All right, so like Dana just said, we're going to go through some do's and don'ts of what you need to know when working with an unlicensed assistant. Most of these guidelines come directly from the Department of Real Estate itself. Mm -hmm. You can also find them on our website, and I'll make sure to post a link to that with this podcast episode, but we want to work through them, the various tasks that you might have an unlicensed assistant help you with and what you should know. So, Well, one of the big things that people need is someone to help them arrange appointments. I mean, you're doing appointments all day, all weekend, Mm -hmm. but you don't really have time to be on the phone or whatnot, arranging these appointments. Sure. So this is one of sort of the easiest and best things you can have an assistant do for Mm -hmm. you, right? Um, Obviously, everything's going to be at the direction of a real estate licensee, of of a salesperson or broker, but, you know, as directed by that licensee, you can always have an unlicensed assistant do scheduling for you, Um, whether it's with principals, parties do a transaction, or with service providers or Mm -hmm. vendors, maybe setting up a pest inspection, um, a meeting with the title company, as long as really all that they're doing is, you know, doing calendaring, scheduling days and times of meetings, of course, totally fine. You can definitely use an unlicensed assistant for that. So that's one of the main things you can do. Another thing that people want to use assistance for, though, is providing access to property. Maybe somebody wants to go look at property and you're unavailable Mm -hmm. to to take them there. Can you use an assistant for that? Sure. And also those vendors that you just booked. Sure, (laughs) that's true. Not even just principals. Yeah, you might even let the vendor in. One of the important things to remember is that you have to have the principal's permission, and Mm -hmm. it has to be in writing. Right. So make sure you get written permission for your unlicensed assistant to do this. Right, from the property owner, whoever's house you're going to be letting them into. (laughs) And in that case, they can allow professionals into the property to inspect or perform repairs. Um, the unlicensed assistant must be present. Mm-hmm. So no lockbox lock keys. They can't let the vendor come over and grab a lockbox Right, key. and that's always a good reminder, too, about uh, lockbox keys. Make mm-hmm. sure you're following your MLS rules, your super right. key rules, not handing out lockbox codes. Right, because unlicensed assistants right. can't, can't use them either. Can't do that either. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, always keep that in mind. <laughs> exactly. And while they're there... Um, they can hand out data sheets that are prepared by licensee if you're going to have actual buyers or someone come by to look at the property. Mm-hmm. They can do that um, with information about the property. Right. But they have to make it clear that this is information that came from the licensee. Right, that right. makes sense. Because they don't want to personally give information. Right, makes sense. Yeah, so in, li- in line with that, um, can they hold actual open houses for you? Sure. So that's a good point. Yeah. What if it goes beyond just letting one person in? Can they actually hold an open house? And of course, as with anything, the answer is sort of yes and no. (laughs) They can do some things. They can't do other things. Um, You know, you can have an assistant help you with a lot of the tasks relating to an open house, driving around the neighborhood and placing the signs, the directional Mm -hmm. signs. That's something they can do. Um, They can always stand at the door and greet the public, say hello, let people in. Um, Like you mentioned before, they can hand out pre-prepared materials. They can hand out a flyer. Here is some information about the property. 
but it needs to be information prepared by the licensee mm-hmm. and simply being handed out by the assistant. Um, you know, obviously, like we said, they can open the door mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, make go unlock it, allow the access with the written permission of the principal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they can do transportation if, you know, they need to get people to and from, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of administrative things they can do. That's actually pretty helpful. Mm-hmm. Some of the things they can't do, though, um, one thing, very important, they cannot show or exhibit the property, mm-hmm. meaning that they shouldn't walk around with the buyers, actually describing the property, talking about the terms or conditions of a possible sale, mm-hmm. um, you know, discussing the features of the property, right. and talking about the neighborhood or the schools or the location. I mean, right. really, these are th- these are real estate activities and considered real estate activities. Right, and I think so. people don't think of all those things as licensed activities, no, maybe, but yeah. when you're trying to sell someone on the property, you know, encouraging someone to submit an offer or mentioning what a good school district the property is located in, mm-hmm. that is soliciting someone to purchase a property. And so that is licensed activity. That makes total sense. Right. And that all is really closely connected with their communicating with the public. And I mean, there's real limits on that. Absolutely. And so um, you'd want to keep in mind whenever you're having an assistant communicate to the public in general, it's always, again, got to be pre-prepared information. They shouldn't shouldn't Mm -hmm. just be talking. They can, you know, hand out flyers. That's really the safest thing to do. Um, you know, they can provide factual information when necessary. Right. And what it, about, now to buyers, we know right. the pre-prepared yeah. sheets. What about to appraisers or, you know, sure. other title companies? Yeah, there may be other people involved in the transaction who need information about the property, whether it's mm-hmm. the title company or escrow, an appraiser, an inspector. And again, they can communicate with those people and they can provide information and answer questions from them as long as that information is coming from materials that were originally prepared by the licensee. They shouldn't be coming up with information on their own, you know, any sort of follow-up questions. And this is where things get really complicated, is you might hand someone a pre-prepared flyer Mm -hmm. and they read it, but then they have follow-up questions. And the assistant's hands are really tied. They have to direct any follow-up questions to the licensee. So they're going to have to say, the agent will get back to you, the broker will get back to you. You know, they, they can't be answering any questions that right. might come up based on the pre-prepared materials they're providing. Mm-hmm. So sort of relating to that, a lot of times people want to use assistance to help them with advertising. Oh, to uh, advertise yeah. the open house mm-hmm. or whatever. Exactly. So can they do that? Yeah, um, to a certain extent. They can prepare and design any advertisements in connection with a transaction. But, of course, again, these have to be reviewed and approved by licensees. Right. So that makes sense. You know, yeah. maybe you have an assistant who's really good at graphic design or mm-hmm. things. You know, I, I would need help doing something like that. Right. But ultimately, especially to make sure your advertising is compliant with mm-hmm. DRE rules, that it has the license number, that it has responsible broker identity, that's ultimately going to be the licensee's responsibility, no, right? exactly. Yeah. And sizing is so important. We know that right, the exactly. license number can't be the smallest font. Right. Well, your you know, yeah. licensed assistant might not think, know well, that. Well, I'll just stick that in the corner exactly. over here. And, you know, that that's not going to work out. That so, makes sense, yeah. Um, now, what about cold calling? Can they do that? Sure. So this is actually a really common hotline question we get. Mm-hmm. People will call and want to know, say, you know, I... I want to do some cold calling, try to get some business. Can I hire somebody? Can I just get some, you know, unlicensed person to come in, do some cold calling for me? And again, the answer is yes, sort of, (laughs) as long as you follow certain rules. So sure, um, you can have someone actually physically do the cold calling for you, make the phone call, 
begin the communication with the person, um, whether, you know, it's really any sort of advertising outreach in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But the problem is where you draw the line. So say your unlicensed assistant calls someone and says, hey, are you interested in buying a house? Mm -hmm. As soon as that person says yes, Mm -hmm. that's pretty much the end of the conversation. They either have to be ready to directly hand a phone over to a licensee or to say, great, let me schedule an appointment for the agent to come talk to you or call you Mm -hmm. or do something like that. They also, again, it goes back to soliciting. They can't try to talk them into using the services of the agent. They can say, are you interested? Mm -hmm. But if the person says, well, I'm not sure, they can't say, well, here's why you should hire this agent. None of that. It has to be just straight informational. So it might be easier for the licensee to prepare a script for them, Absolutely. I think that's exactly what they should do. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything the unlicensed assistant person is doing on the call uh, or any sort of cold contacting of potential clients really should be coming from a script. Um, And then one final note, whenever we talk about cold calling, we always have to mention, make sure you're following the do not call rules and lists. You know, be very careful where you get your leads from, where you get your contact lists. Um, Make sure you're following all state and federal laws relating to cold calling. And, um, you know, the do not call list, any rules that apply to licensees are going to apply to an assistant acting on your behalf. Right. Uh, and we so have that on the website, don't we? We do. So we, we have a like, very yeah. useful Q&A on this topic. I will make sure to link to that as well. Um, a good thing to review whenever you're going to be engaging in cold calling at all. Right. Um, all right. So next thing that somebody may want to use an unlicensed assistant for, uh, document uh, preparation, delivering, and signing. This sort of comes into, we get questions about like unlicensed TCs sometimes. Oh, yeah. You have mm-hmm. someone sort of act mm-hmm. as a transaction coordinator, right. help you with documents if they're unlicensed. What about that? Well, they can. Mm-hmm. Um, they can help you prepare and complete the documents and other instruments, but again, under the supervision and direction of the licensee. And the licensee has to review and approve every document, every form um, prior to delivery to a principal for signing. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also mail and deliver or pick up or arrange the mailing, delivery, or pickup of documents um, for signature by the principals and other instruments related to the transaction. So that's fine for them to do um, just so that, again, everything's really coming from the licensee who has supervised and reviewed everything. And that's mm-hmm. so important. I mean, you don't want the t- unlicensed you know, right. assistant sending out things you have not seen. This, right. this is where huge errors and right. um, liability, liability really and risk. It's a risk management tool, but it's really important. So. Right. Well, what happens if someone they're sending documents to has questions about the documents and how it should be filled out or what it's used for? What happens it's then? A, well, that is information that should come from the licensee. So right. they should either hand over mm-hmm. the, you know, the phone, if phone you're on or the email phone or, or whatever, email, yeah. or, um, you know, set an appointment to talk to the licensee because that's got to come from the licensee. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so just, you don't want to really get into any kind of conversation with the, the you know, right. and client I'm, with respect to the right. transaction. Right, and unlicensed assistant shouldn't be telling someone how to fill out a disclosure mm-hmm. or what a certain piece of information means. Right. It's simply just document sort of transmission, right? Here, sign this. If exactly. you have any questions, exactly. call your agent. Precisely. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, what about reviewing the document? Sure. So this is sort of the you know final step maybe at the end of a transaction or even in the background as you're going through. Um, one way you can use an assistant dealing with documents is to basically maintain a checklist, right, or mm-hmm. review the documents. So when you get a set of documents back, you can use an unlicensed assistant to 
just check the signature lines, check mm-hmm. the initial blocks, you know, mm-hmm. go through a checklist, make sure it's everything in the right place. And all the documents that and you all, want. Right, and all the there, documents yeah. are in mm-hmm. the file. That's totally fine. As always, it's going to be at the supervision of mm-hmm. the licensee. You know, it's, that's whose responsibility it ultimately is to make right. sure that their file is complete. So they do like an initial review right. Ex- intake. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can have mm-hmm. them go through, check for blank questions or signature lines, run down a checklist, and then ultimately that sort of review will be presented to the licensee who can then go through right. it. So they can make check. recommendations. Right. They can licensee. say something looks like it's missing. missing. Did right. you mean okay. to include mm-hmm. this? And then ultimately it'll be up to the licensee to decide when the file is complete. Okay. So, and that's pretty much it. I mean, we yeah. just wanted to give you a brief summary yeah. and of the do's and don'ts to help you out during this holiday season when you're very busy <laughs> and you can use an unlicensed assistant if needed. Mm-hmm. So this wraps up our final episode of 2019. Thanks so much for listening to us this year. We hope you've been enjoying our show. If you have, the best way to make sure you never miss an episode is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review and maybe even a five-star rating. Those reviews and ratings really can help other people find our show. You can also reach out to us here at the podcast directly by emailing us at legalpodcast at car.org. Finally, don't forget all of the ways CAR Member Legal can help you stay in business and stay out of trouble. Of course, CAR members can call the hotline with any questions or issues at 213-739-8282, Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturday, 10 to 2, for transactional questions. Our other informational and educational materials can always be found at CAR.org 24-7 under the Risk Management section. Head over there to check out our Q&As, quick guides, webinars, and more. Have a great holiday season and talk to you next year.